0: Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We worship not only in song today, but over your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself to us in it. Open our eyes to the wonders of it. Teach us as only you can. Holy Spirit, encourage our hearts today. The brothers and sisters in Christ, encourage us and equip us so that we may glorify you in what we say and what we think and in what we do. In Jesus name. Amen. So we're continuing talking about living by faith. How much longer are we going to talk about it out of here? We're going to keep pulling till he, till, till he moves me to a different spot. Uh, But Hebrews 12 and verse 1 and 2 follows up Hebrews 11, which is where we were for a couple, uh, probably two or three months. And what we've learned about living by faith is that we should be living differently. We live different than we did before. And that's not just talking about the things that we do or the things that we think are right and wrong. Uh, It's not moralism, although our morals have changed uh, there are differences there in what we think and what we do. The changes that we live and walk and see by faith. By faith, we see different. By faith, we see better. By faith, we see things anew. And when he says, therefore, at the beginning of chapter 12, he means because of what I just finished saying in Hebrews chapter 11, and even going back to the beginning of. Hebrews. Therefore, because of what we have in Christ, we see differently. We see differently. And here, again, he's referring back to all the things that he said in chapter 11, all the people that he told us about, what they did by the faith that they found in God. And then he gives us this image this image of a stadium filled with people watching this race being. Run! All those who have come before us, all those that he named, all of those from times past who lived by faith. They are surrounding in this idea of a stadium, watching those who are running today. They're watching, they're witnessing and they're cheering us on. Why? Because it's our turn to walk by faith. It's our turn to live this life. And what he says in this same example, he said, in this race that you're running, this this faith walk that you are walking, two things, lay aside the weights that would hinder you or weigh you down and lay aside the sins that would ensnare you. We talked a little bit about the weights last week, just a little bit. Setting aside those things that would hinder you and weigh you down as you are running your race. Or don't carry things you weren't meant to carry. Don't carry the cares or the worries of this life. Don't carry the guilt or the shame that comes from your past, etc., etc., etc. Lay aside those things that would weigh you down and keep you from running. You wouldn't show up to the start line of a marathon with all your luggage from the hotel. You wouldn't show up with a suitcase or a backpack. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't, why? Well, I couldn't get a late checkout. I just had to bring it with me. You wouldn't do that. Why? Because it's going to weigh you down as you run the race that is set before you. And he's saying, in this race, lay aside the things that would weigh you down, the hindrances that would slow you down running your race, and don't cheat. Don't cheat. Or lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares. Uh, So last week we talked about these weights. This week we're going to talk about sin. Yay! Happy birthday, America. (laughs) Maybe that's good though, right? I mean, maybe. Maybe it's it's good. But we want to press in on this idea of sin because if we're supposed to set it aside because it's going to trip us up, It's going to help for us to know what it is. But in this race analogy that he's given us again, people lining up to run a race. Everybody's watching. He's like, set aside the things that would weigh you down and set aside the things that would easily ensnare you or in otherwise don't cheat in this race. What does a cheater do? A cheater tries to get from the start to the finish, but do it their own way and not according to how the race is laid out. They try to get from the start to the finish, but their own way and not the way they were told to run it, right? They're trying to do it outside of the rules. They're trying to do it dishonestly. They're trying to do it selfishly because they're trying to get more benefit out of it than they're supposed to at the disadvantage of somebody else, at the cost of hurting somebody else. That's what a cheater does, right? Nobody likes a cheater when you're playing a game. Nobody likes a cheater when you're running a race, And this is the image that he's given us. And it's a great image of sin. And again, sin is a big word. We talk about it a lot. We hear it a lot. It's in culture a lot. If, if, you, if you haven't been in church, but if you've never been in church and you think of church, sin may be one of the first words you think of because you hear it so often, right? So when we're thinking about it, what is it? We need to define it first. What is it? If we're going to lay it aside, we need to know what it is. Because it sounds like it would trip us up on this run that we are trying to be involved in. In this walk of faith, we're trying to walk. Sin is going to trap us and trip us uh, One of the best ways that I can understand sin from, from reading Scripture and, and studying Scripture is that sin is man's attempt to be God in his own life, sin is man's attempt to be God himself. Over his own life. Scripture would tell us in James that sin is to know the good and not to do it. Sin is to know the good and not to do it. And the word for sin in Scripture, hamartia, in the Greek, in the New Testament, means literally missing the mark or missing the target. It tells us in Romans, Paul would write that, Everything, And we could go a whole sermon on this. We're talking about living by faith. Everything that is not from faith is sin. Everything that is not from faith is sin. So when we're going to talk about sin, we have to talk about the mark or the target that we're missing. If sin is to miss the mark, we have to talk about what the mark is, what the target is. And again, think of this, th- this race Uh, That analogy that he's laid out that you've got a track set up uh, stands full of people and you've got runners taking, you know, their running stance to begin this race. In this analogy, what's at the finish line? Because this this analogy is our life, Our, our faith walk or our walk. It's our life. This race is our life. What's at the finish line at the finish line is the fulfillment of all of our desires. It's everything that we ever wanted, completely and totally. Every hunger that we've ever had, rightly satisfied at the finish line. Every hunger we've ever had, satisfied at the finish line. But here's the rub. There's only one way to get there. There's only one way to get from the starting line to the finish line. And again, what's at the finish line? Everything we've ever wanted. How do we get there? It's His way. Only one way to get to the finish line, and it's His way. His way is the only way to the finish line. And when we talk about what we want in life, everybody that you've ever met in life wants the same thing. At their core. They may want different things up here on the surface, but at our core, we want the exact same thing. Every person you've ever met in your whole life wants the same thing, which is to get to that finish line. Have all of their desires met, all their hungers fulfilled, all their longings replaced with fullness of joy. That's what we want. That's what we want. And we miss the mark when we try to get to his finish line, but do it our way. That's what sin is. We're trying to get to his finish line, our own way. His finish line, my way. So it would be, I know what you said, God, but I want to do this. I know what you think about that, but I think this way and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm trying to get to the finish line. I'm trying to get to that end result, but I want to do it my own way. That's why in Romans, Paul uses the phrase, all, you know, we've all heard this one. All, you know, all have sinned, brother. And you, know, you know, all have sinned. And what does it say? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Come up short. Missed the mark of what? The finish line. The finish line. The goal. What we're all looking for. He said, all have sinned and fall short. See, God is there. He is eternal. He is holy. He is set apart. And he is righteous. We know that we were created to be with him. Again, everybody you've ever met, everyone you've ever known wants the same thing, whether they know it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they believe it to be true or not, they want to be with him. They want to be with him. That's the mark, but we all miss it. Every single one of us miss it. We see the finish line and then we wander off and take our own way to try to get there. And what Hebrews says is that in that we get snared. Sin, when we get off and try to get to his finish line, but our way we get snared. Now I've had a new appreciation for this word. I told you I've been watching this show alone, right? I mentioned that before. And they put these people out in these wilderness type situations with very little supplies. And one of the first things they have to do is find food. And there's only so many ways they can find food out there because they only have basic tools. And so what a lot of them do are build traps and snares to try to catch smaller animals so that they can have something to eat and what they'll do is they'll set something up a piece of wire almost like a you know you know like a noose pulled tight a piece of wire that you can't see and it's attached to something else up here and it's in the path of where the animals would normally come and go they try to identify where are they coming and going from as they're out here in nature and then they hang this snare And they usually put a little bit of bait on the other side of it. They might have caught a fish, put a little bit of the fish cuts out there you know, because nobody wants to eat those. But the animals will come to it, right? And so the animals see something that they think they want and they walk right through that snare. And the next thing they know, it's around their neck and it's pulling tighter and tighter and tighter. And they're snared. They're caught by what? They were baited off the trail by something. It caught their eye and they walked into a snare. This is what I think of now when I hear this word, lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares you. And that's sin at a glance, isn't it? It's I think I want that. And next thing I know, it's choking me out. I think that looks good. That looks good for me to have. And next thing I know, I can't breathe. I'm trying to get the right thing, but I'm trying to do it the wrong way. And I get snared. Hebrews says, set aside the hindrances, the weights and set aside the sins. Now he's talking to people that believe in God and he's still telling them set aside the sin That so easily besets you or ensnares you. So even after we come to faith in Christ, even after we've been walking by faith, we still need this admonition to set aside the sin that would ensnare us. Why? Because we still have a bend that he's straightening out. We have been justified, which means we've been put in the position of holiness and righteousness. And he's still working on our condition, right? Positionally, holy, conditionally being sanctified. I'm growing, right? So here I'm like Christ. He looks at me. I'm like Christ. In my condition, he's like, now we got to get you to be like Christ. I'm going to teach you to walk like Christ. He's straightening out that bend. If you've ever heard the word iniquity, that's what that word means is just a bent towards the wrong thing. And as we grow in faith, faith is what? Not just believing in God, but believing God and seeing the way that he sees. We learn that what we used to think was going to get us to that finish line. What we used to think was going to fulfill us. What we used to think was going to make us right. What we used to feel like was going to secure us and make us safe was actually choking the life out of us. Choking the life out of us. But even as believers, us believers, we still have the problem of looking over at that old way and saying, maybe this time, maybe this time I could make it work. Maybe this time it wouldn't turn out bad. Maybe this time it would be worth a shot. And then we get snagged again. That's why I said, lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. How in the world do we do that? How do we sin less? Anybody want to sin less? Yes. Amen. A couple of us. Yeah. Everybody else is like, I didn't know we were really raising our hand. You didn't tell us to really raise it. Right. We want to sin less. What do we need to do? What, one, just one thing that scripture says about it. In Psalm 119, he said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. God, what's he saying? Get all of the truth that you can get all of the truth that you can so that you can set aside that which would easily ensnare you in this race. Because before it shows up in your actions, it's going to be in your heart and mind first, isn't it? It's going to have taken root in your heart, moved the truth out of the way. It's going to have taken root in your heart before it ever shows up in your actions. Why, why his word? Why is that going to keep us from sin? He said, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why his word? Because faith comes by hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing the word the truth. We see more clearly and then we learn what in our life we need to fortify against what we need to build up defenses against what we need to move, set aside, not only to the side right here, but as far away from us as we can possibly get it. Why? Because otherwise it's going to choke us out. So when we, uh, several weeks ago now had the, uh, roof, replaced up here. The roof on the front part of the building had to be replaced and they pulled all the old roof off. And up there were several things. There were actually two roofs up there, a metal roof and a shingle roof were up there and they pulled it all off. And I was up here in the building after they had pulled everything off and you couldn't believe how hot it got in here and how fast it got hot in here because all the layers that are, were supposed to be up there to keep that heat out of the building and to keep the air that we wanted in the building in the building were gone. It was only the wood up there and the wood up there by itself. So all the layers of insulation that were supposed to help us control the environment in here were gone. And guess what happened to the environment? It immediately got out of control. As they peeled back those layers, we had less and less protection against what we were trying to keep out. What were are we trying to keep out? The heat. My gosh, the heat. Keeping it out, keeping the cool in. See, those layers give us the ability to control something that would otherwise be uncontrollable. You go outside right now, you cannot control the heat. You can only endure it. <laughs> right? Why? You've got no insulation when you're out there. None. But when you get home, guess what? You've got insulation in your walls. You've got insulation in your ceiling. You've got your attic space vented. Why? All to help you control that environment. And if you start peeling those away, what you were able to control, now you are no longer able to control. And that is what sin will do in your life those mindsets, those worldly attitudes will start to strip away if you're not paying attention and if you're not keeping the truth close to your heart meaning seeing it, hearing it, speaking it meditating on it on a daily basis. Those attitudes and those mindsets are going to start to slip in and pull off those layers of insulation that truth that you had ingrained in yourself, in your heart and in your mind and then the next thing you know what you used to be able to control and say no to, now you are just running headfirst into and you act like you can't figure out how it happened. It would be silly for me to walk in here after they had tore the roof off and go why is this so doggone hot in here? I don't understand it at all. We got air conditioners it hadn't always been hot in here. Why is it hot in here? The roof is almost gone. It's almost gone and and that's why I'm, uh, I'm trying to play on that example so that it hits home. You can do that in your life. If you're not staying fortified in the truth you stop being able to control your environment. You stop being able to control what you used to be able to. Why am I having so much trouble with this? Why This didn't used to be an issue for me. Where's your insulation? Is it there or have you allowed it to be stripped away and a new attitude taking its place? We have to stay as close as we can to the truth. Otherwise, those old attitudes start peeling back. The layers of truth that we've fortified, we've hidden his word in our hearts so that we might not sin against him. And as we use it, as we walk in it, and those other attitudes try to creep in, they can move it out of the way. And what we used to be able to resist now is out of control. Faith gives us the ability to see sin for what it is and to stay on the path that he has put us on, the true and the right and the good path for our lives again sin is saying I don't need you God I can be God in my own life because that's what we're saying right I know what you said but I know better I know how you said this needs to go but I know how to do it better I'm going to be you in my own life and we remember in Hebrews 11:6, it says without faith it's impossible to please God because those who come to him must believe that he is God And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let let us lay aside every hindrance. And the sin that so easily ensnares us. Again, we all want that finish line. We all want the same thing. And once we realize that, we can start actually moving towards it is to be with him. It's not this, it's not that, it's not this, it's not that. Those are low-level, shallow goals. Our our heart's desire, whether we realize it or not, is to be with Him. So we want to lay aside the weights that would slow us down getting to Him. We want to set aside the sins that would so easily ensnare us so we can run cleanly and freely to Him. Amen. Now notice... This is something else that stuck out to me in this as I was meditating on it this week. He gives us this image about this race. You know, we think about track meets and we think about all this stuff in the Olympics, but he never tells us to win in this passage. He doesn't say win the race that is set before you or beat somebody else. What does he say? So that you may run with endurance the race that lies before us. We each have a race set before us. That's what we have to run. And it's not a competition between me and you. And here's why that matters. And this example came up to me just on Friday. Because uh, the bank that I worked uh, for was having a charity golf tournament in El Dorado uh, for the State Police Foundation. And I had volunteered to go sit out in the heat uh, for that And so I was at the branch Friday morning And I was talking to a guy that I work with And he said I didn't know you were going over there today I said yeah I got to go over there here in just a little bit um, To El Eldorado He said well that's fine He said it's only 25 minutes to Eldorado I was like okay And Later when I was going to El Dorado, I was like well let's see how long it is Let's see how long it is to get to Eldorado And it took me 35 minutes to get there and that was just to the city limits, and I wanted to go to Flying Burger, which was another 10 minutes into town. So it took me 45 minutes to get where it was I was going. And he said it should only take 25 minutes. What I realized is that he lives clear across on this side of town, closer to the Eldorado Highway. I'm all the way over there, I'm 10, I'm 10 minutes away from his house, and he's 25 minutes away from Eldorado, you're like, what is all this? I don't care about anything. Look, if he and I were racing to Eldorado, I don't have a shot. I don't have any hope of beating him there, do I? I'm hearing, it only takes him 25 minutes to get to Eldorado. Well, golly, it takes me 35 minutes. We're starting from different places. You see that? We're all going the same place. We're all going the same way. There's only one way to get to Eldorado. Dorado. We're going to the same place, the same way to get there, but we start in different places. And so we can't compare ourselves one to another. Again, if I compare myself to him, I'm going to think I'm doing terrible at getting to Dorado. I've got to be the worst person in the world at getting to Dorado. Kendrick has got it figured out. And if he compares himself to me, he's going to go, I'm amazing at getting to El Dorado. I'm like the best ever because look how much faster I get here than Stephen. Now, he's not comparing himself to people that live at Smackover. Right. This is why we don't compare ourselves one to another. Because we start in different places, we start in different places. And that's why it said, don't keep your eyes on the other people you're running with. Keep your eyes on who? Jesus. Keeping our eyes, verse two, on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. So even in thinking about all this, I happened to cross a note on my desk. And I don't remember what book I read it in. I read it in a book. It's not from me. But the quote was, don't compare your worst to someone else's best. I'll say it again. Don't compare your worst to someone else's best. I was thinking about this. Kelly and I were driving yesterday and we were talking about what most people talk about right now, which is how hot it is. And we were talking about Tyler and Howley, and Tyler and Howley recently moved back home to Michigan, and she said, I wonder what the weather is in Michigan right now. I said, well, let's look. Now, in Arkansas, it was 94 and feels like 104. That was yesterday. In Michigan, round about where they are, bless their hearts, was 84 degrees, And it felt like 84 degrees. Now, doesn't that sound awesome? What is that doing? And we know the weather's different up there. We don't want to compare their January, right? But if we compare our right now to their right now, this is our worst. Got to be getting close, right? To their best. And we get a bad image of who we are, where we are, and we forget all the good that's coming because of where we are right now. So don't, never, ever, it's not fair to you to compare your worst to someone else's best. And again, when we're talking about sin, sin really is the worst. It really is the worst because it's going to promise you something and then give you something else. It's going to promise you happiness and fulfillment. And what you're going to get is a snare around your neck choking the life out of you. What we wanted, all I wanted, even, even, when, even in sin, what I wanted was life and life to the full. What I wanted was life and life the best that I could see it. But then it was choking the life out of me. And then there was Jesus. Then there was Jesus. Jesus shows up at my worst with his best. And we can compare that real quick, can't we? We go, there he is. And here I am. We can compare it, but thank God he didn't. He didn't come and compare his best to our worst. That's not why he came. He came to exchange his best for your worst. To bring you his best and to take from you your worst so that it wouldn't be yours anymore. That's the good news. Or as the Greeks would say, the Gileon. that is the gospel that he can, you know, don't compare our worst to someone else's best. He didn't come to compare his best to our worst. He came to exchange it. And, And listen, whether it's the first time you've seen him, or you, you've walked off the path for the 500th time that you've missed the mark. He is the one that hits the mark for you and me. He is the one who reaches the finish line for you. And me. We're running because he already ran. That's what the writer of Hebrews is telling us. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the source and perfecter of your faith. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What's the finish line? To be with the Father. He already ran the race ahead of us. And He did it and let us take, take the credit. Does that make sense? He ran the race. He overcame sin and death and the grave. And then He lets us have access to his winnings. All we have to do is follow in his footsteps. All we have to do is follow in his footsteps. It, whenever we miss the mark, we come right back to him. We come right back to the truth. We come right back to the good news. We come right back to the gospel and we exchange our worst. Cause that's what it is. Sin is the absolute worst for his best, which is the best. Amen. So we set aside The weights, the hindrances, the cares, and the things that would keep us from running. We set aside the sins that so easily ensnare us. How do we do it? By getting more and more of the truth. You don't train on counterfeits, you train on the real. Because when you have the real, you can spot any counterfeit. We get more of the truth. And we fortify ourselves against those lies. We're like, mm-mm, I don't, I'm not even listening to that today. I got a, I got a call yesterday that said my electricity was going to be shut off in 30 minutes if I didn't press two to talk to a representative. And y'all already know I had a little bit of time. And I pressed two. And we had a nice conversation. Me and this guy who said his name was Jason. And what? How did I know it was? I've seen enough of the true. I know this is not real. It's not true. And I was able to call him out on all of that. And then y'all wanted, and he ended up hanging up on me. And then I was sitting at the table. I was actually going back over my notes for the sermon today. And y'all, my phone rang again. And it said, your electricity is about to be cut off in 30 minutes unless you press two. And you know I pressed two again. <laughs> and he picked up the phone, he said, This is Jason. I said, Jason, it's me again. <laughs> what, with the truth? I, I knew it wasn't even a it wasn't a, there wasn't a chance that I was believing it. Why? Because I had been close enough to the truth. I know my light bill's paid. I know I I, I just got the new bill. I just got it in the mail that day. I had the truth right there in my hands. I'm not going to be taken in by the lie. But if I hadn't been paying attention, if I had gotten distracted, if I didn't know, then I would have fell for it. And and that's what I'm trying to encourage you in today to set it aside. You've got to know what you need to set aside. Otherwise, you might set down the wrong thing and run with the wrong thing. And then you're hooked. Right, So we hear the truth as much as we can because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And faith is how we see more clearly to know what truth even is. He said, your word have I hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against you. We want to sin less. We've got to have more of the truth in us, fortifying us, putting more layers of insulation against that heat that we're trying to keep out so we can actually control our environment. And not letting the world peel it back one layer at a time and wonder why it's getting hotter in here. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this example. Thank you for how alive your word is that th- this was written to a, uh, a bunch of Hebrews uh, 2,000 years ago, and yet we can read it and understand it, and we can receive life and health and peace from it. We can receive direction for our lives. God, I thank you that you uh, have given us a race to run, that we can even be a part of this, that we have a hope of being to the finish line, because if it was just up to us, we wouldn't have. Been. We've already missed the mark, but Christ, you came so that we could stand on our two feet in your name and run the race of life that you have put before us. Each one of us, each one of us a little bit different, but headed the same direction and that we would set aside the weights of this life, the cares and concerns of this life that would hinder us and bog us down on this run. And we would also set aside uh, the sin that so easily ensnares us as you are teaching us and training us what real good is, what real life is, what real truth is. As we hear more and more of your word, you set us more and more free from what used to hold us in bondage. Lord, we, we can see the traps now. We can avoid the traps now and see them for what they are, a little bit of a bait with a snare on the other side of it. And God, I thank you that it's in you that we find our way home. It's in you that his finished work home to where we've always wanted to be. So Lord, that when, as we go out today, that we would continue to run the race that you've set before each one of us, not looking at ourselves, not looking at one another, but looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher, the source and perfector of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross for us, despising the shame that it brought and he sat down at your right hand. He's where we want to be and where we're going. I thank you that we will walk the same path in the grace and in the strength that we receive from him. Again, it's by you that we're alive. We'd have missed the mark on our own, but he hid it for us and we get to claim that bullseye in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are there for us in our sin to exchange our worst for your best and to justify us, to take the wrong off of us and put his righteousness on us instead. And I thank you, Lord, as you sanctify us, that you bring us more of your truth so that we can walk not only in faith, we need faith or we can't live, but walk in faith and wisdom in this life. And I thank you that it's there, it's in your will, in your way, that we find the fullness of life that we always wanted. Lord, we repent for any sin that we haven't set aside. We change the way that we think because we've seen that you've given us a better. And we ask you to forgive us. And as we'll see in a few verses down to strengthen us as we run, strengthen our hands, strengthen our knees, strengthen these legs as they begin to run the race that you have set before us, that even the strength comes from you. (laughs) The finish line is yours. The way home is yours. The strength in our legs to run it all comes from you. You've been so good to us. We thank you that as we get ready to go today, we leave in peace and unity with one another. Lord, as we go into this week that we do so with you in mind, acknowledging you and seeking after your truth, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, be with those who are out from among us today. we got so many traveling with this special holiday coming up. Lord, keep them safe. I thank you that those they get to visit will be blessed by the fact that they had them to come see them. I thank you for those that are working today, Lord, that they'll do so as unto you and that you be glorified in it. Lord, if there's any who are weak in their body today, that you strengthen, heal them, and restore them in Jesus' name to health, and, and return them all safely back to us as we gather together around your truth to stir one another up and to marvel at your good news. In Jesus' name, amen.